Welcome to New Type Flash. This is a bi-weekly podcast where every other week we come to you with uh, Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological manner. Um, this week we are doing the final two episodes of uh, Zero Double Zero Eighty or in the pocket. You've uh, got your three hosts here. We've got uh, Luke. Say hi, Luke. Hello. And then we've got Scotty. Go ahead and uh, do your your montage or talk. What? Every other episode, the last few episodes, it was your thing. Where like I would say, you know, it's Scotty, and Scotty would go on like a, a five minute talk about something, and then we'd be like, also, and it's Luke. <laughs> yeah. You screwed up. You introduced me first. Now he has nothing. I know. Sure I did. I know. Yeah. Just you just ruined the mojo. No, I, I, I was trying. I, I was going to introduce myself last, so uh, I mean, well, what I what I can say is that the fun fact is that there are there is a Zaku in this in these episodes, and that is known as the Borgianon in Turn A Gundam, which is a better show than this one. And <laughs> uh, it's like there are these uh, guys in in the Louisiana militia that pilot them, and the Louisiana militia is like the commander is this guy with a like blonde powdered wig that looks like he was from the civil war. And uh, yeah, it's, it's good times. I made it sound kind of lame, but it works. I have not seen this and I'm going to immediately watch it after this. And I am Lane. Welcome to this week's podcast. (laughs) You had me at powdered wig. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, I thought, I thought at first, like, okay, a powdered wig is going to be like a thing with the militia guys. And you like, you see a few people with them, but they weren't. Nah, I think it was just that one guy. He just must have really liked him. I guess I really need to watch Turn A now. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like ready to watch it now. Oh, yeah, it was so good. Like, I, I, I just, between the last recording and this one, I finished it and I had, like, I burned through that so quick. It took me. It, two years to watch victory i think <laughs> and it took me um maybe three weeks to watch turn a and it was just like zoning out on the couch just turning it on and like not even realizing how long i had watched it until the disc would be over <laughs> how many discs is it it's it's like what 40 something episodes it is 50 episodes even um, oh. so that is six blu-rays oh wow yeah, I mean, it could probably be two Blu-rays, but got to jack that price up somehow. Well, you guys heard about the um, the Recongusta, or however you want to say it, is being turned into five movies. Reconista? Reconista? There we go. Reconquista. Because it's supposed to be Reconquista, and then the studio was like, no, let's make up a word. No one knows Spanish. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I just started on that. I'm on episode five. It makes complete sense so far. Um, so, well, it's not supposed to be. It was originally not supposed to be a Gundam show, right? Yeah, I remember seeing that. Well, all I had ever heard about it was the show makes no sense whatsoever. So I went in expecting to not follow anything, and it, it all goes. It flows fine. Hmm. Which episode uh, are you on? Five. I yeah, just finished six, five. So. Episode six. That one. Oh, okay. All right, so let's go back in the timeline a little bit, back to um, 0079. Um, We left off uh, in episode four 
with um, the uh, what, what was the operation's name? Rubicon. Rubicon. Yeah. Miserably failing. Yeah. <laughs> miserably failing. Uh, pretty much everybody on the Cyclops team dying except for uh, uh, Bernie. And um, Chris getting injured, but not really injured because um, she went and wrecked the, the Zaku. Um, not the Zaku. I'm sorry. Amper. Yeah. Didn't you say that was your favorite one? Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> it is one of my favorite mobile suits of all time. It's a cool design. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's like a, a Zaku on steroids, but with a unicorn. Yeah, like, <laughs> just like turn the helmet backwards and make it sleeker and give it a horn. Like it's just cool. It's it's a unicorn before unicorn. Oh, there's a few of those. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this one starts us out on the moon. Yes, go go ahead and introduce us because we we talked about this a little bit before, and I I want to give you the chance to give this guy's name. So we go to the moon. Painted the moon rules on the side of my freaking car. Um, anyway, that's not what happens here. This is now December 20th, supposedly, allegedly, according to the liner notes on my old Bandai DVDs. I'm not quite sure that's accurate, but we'll go with it. Um, and we see a Xeon goon-y looking bad guy that we had seen before uh, very briefly, I think in episode two, maybe three. And he is learning that Operation Rubicon has failed. And this guy's name is, it is so super creative. He is Colonel Killing. Best name ever. He looks like the type. He basically is selling chicken. (laughs) Colonel Killing. So what does Colonel Killing want to do, Scotty? Hey, Sanders killed a man, okay? Um, Or was involved in that. Seriously. But um, so what he wants to do is he wants to nuke side six colony 34 Libot, which is where Bernie and Al and all this has happened. And because they know that the Federation has these new Gundams there, or at least a new Gundam there that is destined for Amaro. But this is against the Antarctic Treaty. Nobody wants to break that. I know. No one ever even thought about that. So is it fair to say that Colonel Killing wants to do some killing? He does. And he and he does. He does. Almost immediately, right? Yeah. So Granada's commandant, who kind of goes unnamed, he's probably named in other media. Um, but he sees what they're doing by, you know, he sees them attaching a nuke to a missile and he scolds him and says, you, you can't, you can't do that. Please stop. We're going to violate the treaty. And Colonel Killing goes, Puh. My KSC gravy. No, um, he says side six never signed that treaty. And then he shoots and kills the commandant. And I think that's probably like the bigger contribution to this in the wider story, other than, you know, the awesome name. Like, well, uh, the retcon of Amaro not getting a souped up suit and them just putting a magnetic coating on it uh, on the on the other Gundam, the granddaddy Gundam RX 782, is this is throws kind of throws Granada into chaos, right? And the command structure is now right. all messed up. Um, you know, this is alluded to in uh, assassination to Guerin, uh, And then also just in the show, like that 
like reinforcements from Granada don't get to Solomon on, on time. And it's kind of implied here that this is one of the factors and one of the reasons that happens. Now, um, I looked it up. He is named the commander of Granada. So no fun name there. Unfortunately. He's not commandant. Granada. <laughs> no, commander of Granada, which is the least named I think anyone's ever been in this show. You know, there's a side manga that names him. There's got to be. <laughs> if there's not, we'll write it. Get on it. Um, so we go back to <laughs> we go back to side six, um, and we see Chris getting chastised by some politicians for fighting inside the colony. I think they were cops, weren't they? I think it was like a combination. I could be wrong, but I think it was like a group of people that were like representatives of that because she was federation and they weren't, they were like, at least, at least one of them was a cop. Yeah. 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 A TSA. Yeah. Right. Don't fight in the colony. You know, that's get holes in the colony. They blow up. <laughs> um, so yeah. And then we kind of see uh, Al walking through the city um, and he comes upon, and this is really where Al kind of recognizes like what's going on with war. Cause up to this point, like he's just chasing mobile suits around, like helping Zeons and in- infiltrate things. Like he did at one point see that, like prevent them from killing that one cop. But like he sees this dead body and just kind of like freaks out a little bit. Um, I think it's the first time he, it really hits him that this is yeah. not just cool robots. Right. Well, it, it's not even so much that because he's just left this, you know, terrible, you know, Oh, well, no, he wasn't. Yeah. He was there during that attack. Right. He escaped or did he never, yeah, he was, there? There. He, he, he was, he was like, where Chris and um, the, the guy were fighting and, and his souped up Zaku. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, not the, Zaku, the camper. I'm sorry. I keep saying Zaku it's camper. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was maybe the first for me. I took it as it's the first time he realized that his little playing war uh, would have an impact outside of the little, you know, you know, just the Federation and Zeon forces that he had interacted with. Yeah, he had very briefly talked to during one of the other attacks. Talked to the other kids about the school being destroyed and didn't really. He hadn't processed it. Yeah, he didn't process that nobody was there because it had, it had happened at night. So luckily, nobody was hurt. But this time, like he walks through and he sees the dead kid. Um. So yeah, we see that, and finally, like Al is a little less annoying, but I mean, he's still the worst character in Gundam. Um. So Bernie gets told to leave the colony ASAP, um, because essentially, what's going to happen is the colony is going to get blown up if the gun if there's not proof that the Gundam has been blown up or destroyed or whatever um by December twenty fourth. By Christmas night. And he's told this by the bartender that we saw in the previous right. episode. Um so Al and Bernie meet up and Al is all butthurt when Bernie says he's leaving the colony. And Al's like, I'll blow up the Gundam. I'll save the colony. And He's annoying again, so like his his slight downtick and annoyingness ticked right back up. And uh, Bernie finally admits to Al, you know, uh, 
I'm just a rookie. I'm a, not a, an experienced pilot like I led you to believe. And uh, and then Al throws another temper tantrum. Well, he also admits to Al that he had him wired. And, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he tells him to run. And, and uh, you know, Al is threatening to go straight to the police. But Brian's like, okay, you accomplice. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be good for you. And so Al goes to an arcade and zones out thinking about colony destruction. And then a cop's like, hey, that kid's being really weird. Well, yeah, Al at this point is slowly realizing what's going on. He meets up with Chris and he's like, what would you do if yada, yada, yada? And Chris is like, I would never run away. I would fight for my friend. Brave. (laughs) Yeah. It's a very long winded thing that doesn't have any impact. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then we see, like, I guess the kids scavenging for bullets and bombs and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, they're looking for shell casings, and they get kicked out of the, uh, this, the, what is it, the war scene, I guess. Yeah. Or they're basically like, oh, these things are everywhere. This is so cool. Like, they're kids. They're more, they're better kids than Al. He's like, maybe another war will break out and we can get some live shells. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and Al's like upset by it, but I mean, dude, these are called consequences. Yeah. You know, um, he starts to cry or something like that. And they're like, well, why are you crying? Come on, man. We'll get more. Yeah. But then, <laughs> so you have, uh, I'm skipping something just for, it's easier to talk about it this way. Al goes to the cops about that and tries to tell him about the fleet, but because of what he pulled with the Cyclops team, they're like, we're not, why would we listen to you? We're not going to do that. Um, yeah. So that's not working for him either. Uh, and then now in between these things, we do have another cut to the Xeon space forces just as a, uh, you know, reminder to the viewer that, yeah, that's really happening. And you see Colonel Killing say it, at the time, it gives you a more specific date for when this is going down, which is December 26th at midnight. Um, which I don't think anybody thinks of as Christmas night, but okay, that's fine. Uh, it's universal century. We'll they moved every day to make up for the rotation or something. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's we'll just a different day. Space Jesus, if he was on a colony, it would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe it's Char's birthday. That's. we oh god we could look that up but i'm not uh so he is giving orders to a guy named uh uh, this is another great name uh but colonel killing is giving orders to captain of a musai that has the missile and it this captain is von helsing uh yeah i knew knew his name and i was excited by it (laughs) he's named you have to know they're the bad guys yeah, um, I mean, it can go either way. So, so Bernie is on his way out of the colony. He heads over to an airport, uh, and he he's gonna go get drunk before his flight out. Um, and he sees a Chris clone. She a, a girl that looks like Chris who's getting drunk. He thinks it's her at first, and turns out it's not her. But she's like fighting with her boyfriend and yada yada yada. Well, so this is a this is a, a scene I want to give a little bit more reflection to, okay? Because I think this is a good scene. So this is not all continuous, uh, but or contiguous, whatever the correct term is. That you know, there's some cuts in between with things we've already talked about. But 
when you first have Bernie at the spaceport, he doesn't really know where he's going, just that he's leaving. And he buy he just sees this billboard for a place called Francesca. Uh-huh. And it looks all, you know, it's got a woman in a bikini up there or a swimsuit at least. And it's the beach and it's, oh, that place must be cute. It'd be, you know, like going to the airport and you don't know where to go. And you see a poster for, you know, come to Panama City Beach. It's awesome. Here's this cool, you know, it looks, it looks nice in, on a poster. Um, so then, you know, the next time you see him, yeah, he goes to the bar. He sees his Chris clone and he tries to, you know, buy her a drink. He doesn't have money for it. But that's kind of where things start to unravel, where this is not this like romantic getaway for him. That's going to have coincidentally cool, fun things for him uh, because this woman just turns out to be some just random drunk chick. It's fighting and- with her boyfriend over the phone. Over like a payphone, and she doesn't want to go back to Francesca because it's just it's a horrible colony, and he, he like he's like oh oh no what did I do? Uh, and also, also, um, he looks a little bit like Char here. He definitely does, man. Like the whole scene, I was like, is it intentional? <laughs> Maybe he looks more like Quattro Vagina. Oh well, yeah. what about? What about the actual Char Aznable? Oh, that's true. Yeah. Maybe maybe he could be the actual Char Aznable. A young full frontal. Hmm. Mm. Early full frontal. <laughs> um, but he has he has a uh, kind of like a mini montage flashback about uh, Al and his his teammates uh, while he's you know drinking his whiskey soda. Um, and it, go ahead. It's called Heights. Sorry. Good. What what's called Heights? I'm pretty sure the drink that he uh, uh, ordered was called Heights. Oh, I thought it, I thought they said it was a whiskey soda. I didn't pay attention. I I know he said something about whiskey and couldn't quite afford um, just whiskey. Yeah. So yeah, he he basically has, he's he's drinking, getting sad, and uh, then he's like, ah. You know, and then we before he makes his his final decision on what he's going to do, we see Al's dad coming home, and he's coming home for good because mommy and daddy are recon- reconciling, on uh, and he'll be there on Christmas Day. Sorry, he didn't show up on this episode, but it, his mom says he's coming back. Um, good news: we, we we're not getting a divorce after all. <laughs> My notes for this is Al's dad coming home for good on Xmas Day. Made up with mom. Everybody's going to (laughs) die. Good news. There's no new mommy. (laughs) Um, So once Bernie sees this and he like, or Al hears this, he's like obviously distraught because he knows what's going to happen and just just kind of freaks him out. And then uh, Bernie's Bernie's back. He's like, I'm back. He calls him. Yeah, he calls him. He's like, let's take down the Gundam, brother. Yeah, he burns his plane ticket. And he's like, we're going to stop the white devil. <laughs> Gundam. I like how he hadn't felt the need to burn it. Not like, what if anything goes wrong and I uh, need to get out of here anyway? Just fucking burning it. Yep. Yep. So that that that's the end of episode five. So episode five, um, it's, it's got a lot of like character building. Um, but it's kind of slow too, especially after the last episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this episode was like, 
it was like a new season. Even though this is only six episodes, it was like starting season two. Yeah. Well, the structure of War in the Pocket, it's not strictly a Shakespearean structure, but it is closer to that than I think what we're used to seeing a lot. Yeah. Because the climax is episode four. That's the climax of the series. Yeah. Uh, And this episode is your denouement. It's your falling action and, and whatnot. And then episode six, which we're about to start, is the conclusion. So it's not, you know, we're used to having the climactic moments and then, you know, a lot of like movies and stuff, your falling action lasts for like three seconds. And then we just get into wrapping things up. Uh, But this one takes full advantage of having a a 22 minute episode or so to kind of cool things down as it works towards the actual just end of the story. Yep. So with episode six, we, we start off and I feel like a large portion of this episode is just like a montage. (laughs) At least a big chunk at the beginning, because they start going through and, and uh, working to get the, basically they have the idea of using the Zaku and they need to get it running again. So they're deciding to go through and and fix it. Um, So like a big chunk of it is the montage of them fixing it and then going around and getting equipment um, that, that Mishka or whatever the heck his name was um, had stashed all over the city. Um, yeah, uh, they had, had a bunch of those weapon caches, but they were like slowly getting confiscated. Yeah, and they actually um, there was a part pretty early that they that they go to pick up the weapon cache, and they get there right as the Federation got called to like come get the truck that had been left there for two weeks or something like that. Um, so they run over and like Al starts wrecking a uh, the Federation soldier like Humvee or whatever it is with a, with a lead pipe uh, in order to distract him while Bernie steals the truck. Yeah. He's like, Oh, you, you killed my brother, blah, 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 blah. Fuck the war. And then like when those guys turn around, it's gone. Yeah. It's gone. Then Al's gone. So another thing that they do here is that they find like this place with parade equipment. And they are stealing some smoke and balloons for distraction. So you you end up, you know, kind of having, you know, you're seeing like, you kind of get the setup of how they're going to repair it. And they find like the heat hawk, heat hawk axe. I didn't realize how hard that would be to say until I had to. (laughs) Uh, They find the heat hawk axe and get this stuff for a distraction. And essentially the plan here is that Bernie is going to go out in the Zaku and try to draw the Gundam out. And with the additional distraction, you know, kind of get it into the forest area and ambush it. And I think because he knows like a Zaku to Kai is not specced to, you know, let him stand a real chance. So he's got to use some kind of trickery. Uh, And then we go, we go full montage. Yeah. Yeah. And the, yeah. And it's like happy music montage too. It's not even like, like a uh, Rocky montage, like, you know, building up, getting better. It's like <laughs> happy go lucky. Hey, you know, if we fail, we're, <laughs> this colony is going to get nuked. It's like buddy, buddy montage. Yeah. It was very lighthearted. <laughs> um, yeah. So when the, it's funny, cause when they're showing, um, the zaku a lot 
they it looks like the Zaku's kind of like screwed up really bad, but like when they show them like turning on all the systems, all all of the systems on the Zaku end up being green. So uh, effectively, the the Zaku is fully repaired by um, by Bernie and Al, which is weird, especially in a short period like this during uh, budget. Lane, when yeah. you have a lot to do in only a short period of time, you need a montage. And they got a montage. They did. They got it. Remember Team America. Montage. And yeah, and that was reused from the Aspen episode of South Park. <laughs> Anyhow. So yeah, they, they French fried when they should French fry and pizzaed when they're supposed to pizza. And uh, so at the end of it, we see Bernie giving Al a disc to play just in case he gets killed, which is totally not a death flag. And uh, he says, you know, Bernie says to Al, tomorrow at two o'clock, I'm going to begin attacking the Gundam. But don't worry. And he t- sends him home. He looks over at Chris's house and, it's, you know, they're opening presents. And Al's asking baby Jesus to protect Bernie and the colony. And now it's Christmas. And Al and his mom are going to meet dad. No, hold on. Hold on. You skipped the most fucked up portion of this entire series. Yeah. I I really have been looking forward to talking about this too. (laughs) I am surprised as, as Scotty always calls me out for missing like important stuff. I doubt he missed it. I think he just like blocked it out of his brain. Cause it's so terrible. He prays to Jesus and says, I won't torture or hurt frogs. I won't torture or kill frogs for fun anymore. <laughs> I remember the line. I just didn't think it was notable. I just thought it was Al being shitty Al. He's torturing small animals. That's like one of the signs of being a serial killer. That's like one of the couple things. Oh, that's that fair. Uh, okay. Too. Okay. Yes. So Al is not only just a dick and a terrible person, he's also probably a serial killer. Yeah. So Al's dad comes back and Bernie straps in. And there's, this is, oh man, this is a brutally delivered line by his dad because it's just matter of fact, essentially background dialogue chatter where they go pick up his dad and his dad's just talking to his mom. And he's like, Oh yeah, there was a, there was a battle near the ship that I flew in on. And uh, yeah, but the Federation really just, you know, they took care of him. And, and one of the Xeon ships that surrendered, I heard it had nukes. Yep. Glad they took care of them. And this is just in the background. And then you, you know, then it does the whole zoomed out. Like where he's like, Oh crap. We <laughs> yeah. don't um, Bernie, like, or uh, Al just beelines out of there, and everybody's like, What? <laughs> yeah. Because really, what this means is Bernie does not have to fight, right? And yeah. Bernie's about to, about to eat it, yeah. So, uh, at this point, the, the Federation has detected um, Bernie's suit, uh, and they tell all Chris to strap in and get jumping the Alex. Good, take care of that, yeah. So, the Federation oh, notices. Oh, sorry. No, I just said it was a Zaku. It'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the And the Federation notices, and again, yeah, it's a Zaku, and uh, the colony government's like, we're not doing anything, but yeah, Federation, whatever, you can launch your Gundam. It's fine. Yeah. 
Um, so uh, Chris takes the battle to the forest because essentially there's no civilians there and she wants to minimize the death, especially after she got chewed out the last time. Um, and of course, Al follows into the, the, the forest that they're fighting in as well. Um, so, you know, this whole planned attack where like all these different things are going to happen, um, launches. And so Bernie actually gets in a pretty legit sneak attack. Um, and it's, it's pretty good fight. It's not the best fight in the show, but like tactically it's probably the best fight. Um, so Bernie ends up, uh, knocking the, the Gundam's head off. And uh, Chris impales uh, the Zaku right through the chest, right through the pilot seat. Yeah, uh, that was a little, uh, little rough because you know Al was just kind of staring at it as it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like you said, it's a decent fight, and you know they both lose. Like you know, the Zaku loses the left forearm. Um, the you know Bernie's hit with a bullet somewhere in between. He ends up chopping off the Alex's right forearm gun. Um, sl- gets another slash in, wounds Chris. Al's yelling at him to stop. Um, at some point, uh, the Gundam pulls out the beam saber since the Zaku's fighting with the axe, and um, they end up leaving the forest because they end up sliding downhill. And uh, like you said, yeah, he takes the. Uh, it, it's essentially the moment he takes the head is when the beam saber goes through, yeah. and it ends up exploding. It takes the Gundam's left arm with it, uh, so that Gundam's. In one sense, he accomplishes his goal. This Gundam's wrecked. Yeah. Um, yeah, but then we have just another brutally delivered line as they're cleaning up the wreckage. Anybody else want to take this one? I don't have the line on here. All I have is Chris survives, Bernie dies, and uh, Al goes catatonic when he sees Chris coming oh, out. Oh yeah, Bernie, Bernie was reduced to a pile of hamburgers that we were looking for. Yeah, it says, so you know, the Al is just sitting there like you said, in shock, and they mention how uh, Chris was injured, but okay, but Al doesn't know it was Chris yet in the Gundam. They just say the, the pilot. Gundam, yeah, the Federation pilot's injured, but okay. And then they go, what about the other one? They go, there's nothing left, Serge, to pile a hamburger. <laughs> and I, I put the word just in there. That is not there. The accurate quote is, nothing left, sir, a pile of hamburger. Uh, and so, yeah, he's very much in shock. And then to make it worse, after that is where um, he finds out Chris was the Gundam pilot. Yeah, they like they like open up the, the Gundam cockpit and, pit and pull her out, and he sees her. And he's like, what the f- yeah, that's he's like, quite, but you can see he's like, oh my god, oh my god, not happening, oh my god. Yeah, so um, we we kind of get a little fast forward here. Um, not really a fast. They don't say it's a fast forward at this point, but we start seeing Bernie's message. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and I, basically I don't fast forward at this point. I think he like went straight home and watched it. I got the impression that this was like a day or two later, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not certain when it is, but mm-hmm. I think it's uh, it, it is it's the most powerful few minutes of the entire series. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know he's just basically really what he's done. He's recorded a confession, just saying like, "Here's why this colony is being targeted," and 
he he is essentially throwing Zeon under the bus in case he dies and doesn't save the colony and it gets blown up. Um, you know, he wants everyone to know why it happened. And he says he can't do it himself because he really feels like he needs to try to make amends and fight and he, he'll probably die, but, and he, you know, he doesn't hate the Gundam pilot or the Federation because they're just people, but this is just, it's something he has, feels like he has to do to protect the colony. It's nothing personal against any, uh, you know, anyone that he might have to kill in the meantime, which is uh, okay, but it's war. Um, and then, you know, he tells Al not to blame him and that if he does survive, he'll uh, come back and visit and, says, hey, take care, say hi to Chris. And that's mm-hmm. the end of it. And you're like, ugh. Shit. Yeah. So they, they end up not getting nuked after all, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris ends up getting transferred back to Earth. Yeah, th- at this point it cuts to several weeks later. Yeah. Yep. And um, Al never turns the evidence in. Yeah. And, and yep. when Chris sees Al, she says, say hi to Bernie for me. <laughs> he should have said you did with your beam saber. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, it it just piles He's, on here at the end. Just so yeah, just he wakes up yelling like like having nightmares at this point. And this is like like several weeks later at this point. It's well into double eighty, I think. So I mean, he's yeah. haunted by this. And he yeah he he's he's seeing the end of the war speech and just crying like a baby. And. uh and everyone thinks he's crying because the war is over. Yep. You're like, don't worry, there'll be another war soon. <laughs> Little does he know. Uh, yeah, it's it, everything we've described here that is very like sad and honestly kind of rough to watch multiple times. <laughs> I mean, it's like the fifth time I watched it now. Uh, it, it's really it just happens a lot, and it's like, wow, that's really bad. 30 seconds later, something else happens. Wow. That's really bad and sad. And 30 seconds later, something else and something else. So yeah, they, they really rip your heart out at the end of this one. Um, it would be, it would be worse if it was a, like, you know, a longer show and you had more time to actually care about the characters. And if you actually care about Al, I can't even imagine. Um, yeah. If they made Al a sympathetic character from the beginning, yeah. like, this show would be brutal as it is. It's just like, yeah, it, it's hard because, I mean, there's a lot of death and, like, you can, like, empathize with the circumstances, but, like, you hate Al, so. <laughs> yeah. I did think he was shitty. He, he is probably my least favorite character out of all of the Gundam shows. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's that's including Hathaway and, and, and Cats. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah. Uh, I don't Stuff. I feel like a young Uso would be worse, but we don't ever see that. So, or a younger, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. That, that kind of comes a point where yeah, he's just so young. There's no way he wouldn't be shitty. But I don't know his his classmates seem at least more level headed. <laughs> That's true, right? And we do know that he's torturing frogs, like you said. Yeah, he's just a terrible kid. And like, the more you learn about him, and the more you see him, like the shittier he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's killing. <laughs> Literally, he's like Carbopulus uh, Michael. I just love killing. Yeah, yeah. And any other thoughts on this 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 show? 
there's a I lot like, of go ahead. I was going to say there's a lot of new gunpla coming for it. Not a lot, but a decent amount. There's a version 2.0 Master Grade of the NT1 coming out. Um, a Re 100 of the Zaku 2 Kai, and and it is coming out in the U.S. on Blu-ray finally in uh, I think September or October. If you have the DVD, wow. they apparently have an upgrade thing you can do by turning in the the Blu-ray and getting a discount, or turning in the DVD and getting a discount on the Blu-ray. I highly doubt they will buy my Bandai Entertainment DVDs from 2002 or so. <laughs> um, I, I think you, I think for that program, so they did that with Turn A, and I didn't do it because it was uh, basically like going to GameStop with an old game to traded in for one that just came out. You know, they took those copies and it wasn't, hey, look how nice we are. It was, hey, we're going to sell these used copies. <laughs> but you get a discount on the Blu-ray. So we'll it's, sell it's, these used copies for three times what we pay you. Yeah. So, it, uh, hey, it's a business. That's an yeah. opportunity for them. And, it, you know, it's a way to get a discount. So it's better than nothing. Yeah, if you're just trying to swap your media media out and for a newer version, it makes sense. Um, Luke, did you have any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I like this. I like this series. Um, I watched this very early into like my Universal Century career, though, so I didn't really have a lot to compare it to. And I think having watched as much as I've watched at this point, it's definitely lower on the totem pole. I don't like the main character. Um, but I do like that it's like a little side story that's like very focused on like the ho- the horrors of war and how it affects like the standard people, which I I like. Everyone we see is oftentimes, with the exception of like in later series, we see a lot of like civilians and stuff like that. But I think this is one of the early examples of how this affects the civilians who aren't just soldiers, and I liked that. Yeah, it helps flesh out side six as a setting. Yeah, so that when you then go back later and watch mobile suit Gundam again, it, you just feel like you have a better understanding about exactly where they're going. There's so many sides that there are hardly any colonies left, if any at all at this point. And, you know, this is the Switzerland of the colonies or trying to be. And it's, it's a nice view into that because while, yeah, while you see earth in mobile suit Gundam through those adventures or through the 08th MS team, most of what you see in space is, you know, these big asteroid bases and a little bit of the home Zeon colony, um, you know, zoom city, but not a lot of this, the regular uh, colonies. So, I mean, you, you are right that it, it was pretty early. This is, wasn't this the first like side story produced? Cause this uh, is from 1989. Yeah. It was one of the early ones for sure. I, I, I can't think of one that would have come out before this. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't think of anything else that would have come out either. Not even like some random OVA. No. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's pretty early, but yeah, I, I, uh, yeah. he's pretty good. I think it holds up uh, pretty well. And I think it's just one of those that it's not more popular because it is like, it's just sad at the end of the day. And, and it's, it, you know, it is in like a tragic, beautiful sort of way with a message, but at the same time, it's, it's kind of a downer. It was kind of interesting. Cause this came out immediately following Char's counterattack, And like, that was it. Like it was, it was Gundam, Zeta Gundam, double Zeta, Char's counterattack, then this. 
And then it was like a couple of years before anything else came out. Mm. I don't know if it was like meant to be like a. I feel like they have surges with the content, right? Like right now we're probably towards the end of a surge with like the unicorn finishing and NT being released. And then like, like sometime this year, Hathaway's flash. I don't know. They announced some new material. They have like, um, they have the movie coming out. They have, but I, I guess if we're talking UC only, yeah, there's, there's basically Hathaway's flash. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. The, I, I feel like they, they have like, like burst of uh, UC content that comes yeah. out and then they'll stop for a few years or, let whatever they have coming out like yeah it was in the 90s and then it was well into the 2000s before anything serious started happening again like g savior but no one wants to talk about that (laughs) well you know there's there's a lot of focus on the alternate universes and yeah the the other thing right now in the present day is that universal century doesn't have the appeal uh as broad of appeal as it once did because because they haven't redone mobile suit gundam Um, so unless they're, I think if, unless they, I say finish origin, right? Like kind of adapt the rest of that or commit to some kind of wholesale remake of that first show to maybe try to make it more accessible. Uh, I mean, I think you could do a, you know, several years long, several seasons long production, uh, take all of these disparate side stories and stuff and put them together a game of Thrones style with different points of view that don't necessarily have anything to do with one another for a bit. Um, you, you've got just so much to work with there. They won't go that far. They don't need to, to make money and sell Gunpla. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I think it's just, yeah, you don't see as much you see because just, I mean, it's 40 years old. I mean, it, it's, uh, uh, it's only so long you can kind of, have that base you know carry something mm-hmm. but at the same time you know we've, we're also coming out of a thing where from unicorn until when was the last origin ova about a year ago well they they are technically um they got the tv cut up version airing now yeah, it's airing now i wouldn't be, yeah, I would be surprised to see some sort of uh announcement after all of that stuff is done if it's received well i mean right yeah, I, I think we will probably see something other than Hathaway's Flash, but we won't know about it until that show is somewhat close to done airing. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know exactly where it is. I think it's fairly early still, though. I think maybe two or three episodes have gone. Um, I'll be interested. No, no, they're up. They're up to like episode six or seven. Oh, point. It's yeah. It's been going for a few weeks. Actually, when when I first started seeing it on Crunchyroll, I thought it was them re-releasing the OVA like week after week. And then I was like, wait a minute. No, they're past like where they should be with like releasing the OVA. Yeah. And I've seen ads. It will be on a tsunami pretty soon here. It's interesting too that they're putting so much effort into origin considering it's not, I don't know if I would say it's super accessible for someone who hasn't watched the original, original series. It's tough to follow it. Because they make the assumption that you have seen it. And also yeah. they strictly adapt, not strictly, but they are very close to the manga in which this is a flashback after Jaburo. Yeah. Being, you know, being recounted. So 
Mm. Yeah, that it kind of just drops you in. But yeah, they knew they for their domestic audience, they were going, uh, you, you know what's up. Yeah, I think it's interesting, too, because Unicorn and Narrative, I feel like we're very, very heavily reliant on you having seen so much stuff. It'll be interesting to see if it's that way with Hathaway's Flash as well, because like you made the comment, like we're getting 40 years on from this original series. So like expecting people to still be riding that is kind of a tall, tall ask. And yeah. I, I think that's kind of what they're doing with like the, the remakes and compilation movies. Right. So like origin is a comp is, is more or less a compilation of parts of the manga. Zeta has been remade semi recently um with kind of kind kind of i mean again we'll when we get there we'll talk about how terrible it is um but it's it was the mid 2000s or mid yeah the mid 2000s that the those movies were coming out um so i mean i I wouldn't be surprised if they either did something with the original series or did something with double zeta um, if they're if they're on this path of trying to refresh the content before they like go even deeper, yeah. Well, we'll have to talk about it when we get to Unicorn because I think I would disagree with Luke that you have to watch a ton of stuff beforehand. Uh, I think if you have, it makes it even better. I, I, so I think Unicorn. No, you don't have to watch as much. But I think if you try to watch narrative, having only seen Unicorn. They, you can't. I would agree with that, yes. Yeah, I think I would too. Yeah, I think you need to see Zeta at, at minimum because... And and maybe Charles Counterattack. Yeah, well, yeah, that, okay, yeah. Yep. I think there's a reason that why, like, if I put Unicorn on the TV and my wife is on the couch, she does not fall asleep. If, uh, or excuse me, when we went to the theater and watched NT, she fell asleep in the movie theater. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a reason for that. Um, it's that she probably just had no clue what was going on at NT. Yeah. Um, so next episode, is, or the next few episodes, um, we're going to handle Thunderbolt, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to do something a little bit different because there's a lot of content. We're going to handle the first two episodes, uh, one episode at a time probably, and then we'll be following the manga. Uh, and then the manga that has not been published into um an ova yet we'll probably handle in one or two episodes as well yeah so we've got the now when we say we'll cover the episodes we mean the compilation movies of the net episodes so december sky and bandit flower right Um, so yeah yeah so that's our plan for the next few weeks um you guys have any other thoughts before we uh hang up for the night about, All right. About Gundam? No. I mean, <laughs> not about 0080. Was was even half of this show about 0080? No. <laughs> hey, hey, it's all it's all about having fun. Hopefully, uh, the people listening to this are having fun too. I hope um, so. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at New Type Flash Pod. Uh, all of our Twitter handles are in the bio, so feel free to follow us, tweet at us, um, tell us how much we suck, or comment on our Twitter or our Reddit post as well. Um, until then, uh, thanks for tuning in. You can comment that we that we suck, but be nicer about it than saying you suck. Yeah.
I'm sensitive. No one did that. I probably made it sound like someone did that, and that didn't happen. But just yeah, we we haven't gotten any of you sucks yet. It's good. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys.